Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home. What, too loud? You jumped. <laughs> Jason, like, jumped back like a, like someone, like a ghost popped out of the corner. Stuck at home, a new episode with me, Cliff Dorfman. And, uh, you know. Hello, Governor. This guy. It's your local chimney sweep, I am, I am. That's what you went with today on Hump Day? Chimney sweeper? With an English accent? Yeah, that's what I did. That's what I'm going for. I'm just Hi, excited. Nancy. Little bit of uh, that Gangs of London stuff. I know that has nothing to do with it. Um, yeah, but, but Jason, Jason, I also Jason, can't Jason, do a Cockney accent at all. Jason, Jason, Jason. Yes. I want to play this, but it's not it's not working for me. Go on, keep talking. <laughs> you wanna you wanna do sounds for me? I wanted to do a sound Just for you. You know, but it's, break. Not it's like not happening. It, like you're it. doing, yeah, it's not fair. So you <laughs> like well, I could do but that doesn't have the sound I want to do. You know, like how do I get to the bank two sounds? You know? so it's fascinating. Uh, I will teach you later. I know, right? Meanwhile, now I'm screwed. Go on. Diabetes. <laughs> I really I'm just showing you I have a I so just want to let you know right I have a lot of control over my audio things. I'm so mad at you right now. Oi, oi, oi. Kenny, know your role. <laughs> you got a little rock in there. Finally, the rock has come back. That's right. I love All it. Right. I love it. See, I figure stuff Turn out on the fly too. Sideways and <laughs> shove it up your candy ass. Well, listen, listen. Now seeing as the rock is the people's champion. That's right. The people's champion. The people decided. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh. That's why I was talking about the people's elbow the other day. But speaking about socialists, let's talk about London and let's talk about the gangs of London. This <laughs> this show, seriously, like that awful segue there? That was, I mean, it could have been worse. <laughs> you could have gone. <laughs> Hump day. What, what, what were you going to say? What could have been worse? <laughs> Like, you could have done this know like no your role jason you could have said something like oh yes we can hello hazard how are you hazard how you doing where nancy has to say hi to a co-worker we're doing that hi, i'm hazard. not even saying that i'm just gonna pretend like nobody told me i was like hazard i know you're watching i see hazard and lilith <laughs> and gemini and jason um didn't take his meds or took too many, many meds took too of many his meds, meds. which one is it jason I think it's the second one. Um, mm. But what I was going to say is you could have gone like with yeah. the wrestling, the rock never fought the British bulldog, which brings me to gangs of London, right? It still sucks, but at least there was a, <laughs> there was a tie in there. I went with socialism. <laughs> the rocks, I mean, are the rocks a Republican, yeah, even though listen, he has the people's champ. Is he really, mm -hmm. you know, we don't do politics, but that's interesting. Yeah. 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 He's a known conservative. Oh, well, you know, I don't care about that stuff. What I do care about is great, content right. and what i do care about is wonderful people to talk about great content with mm -hmm. and, 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 and sometimes we get them and sometimes we get alex albin no i'm just kidding alex <laughs> okay but like, seriously without any further ado let's get into this because there's so much to talk about we're going to talk about this amc plus thing that's going on that i was bringing up yesterday uh, in the last episode you know uh, yeah. versus amc and we're going to talk about the show yeah. gangs uh -huh. of london 
What? I'm very excited, and actually, you know, I'm teasing. I really love having this next person on here. Oh, me too. Alex is one of my favorite people to talk to, and the only person that I like to listen make fun of you more than my own voice. <laughs> so without any further ado, let's have Alex Zavin. From the decider, Alex Zavin, Hello. ladies and gentlemen. Hey, what's up, hey, Alex? Thanks for How having me doing? on. Very excited to chat about the most socialist show on television, <laughs> Gangs of London. <laughs> Well done, sir. How you how you holding up otherwise? How's everything? I'm doing all right. I'm good. I'm you know watching a lot of TV, so can't complain there. Yeah. What, before we jump into gangs, what, what have you been watching other than that? Do you mind me asking? Oh man, I know you just talked to my um, good bud Josh Wiggler about Bly Manor the other day. That's great. Uh, I watched that. That was one of those things that they said they were so confident in it. They sent out the entire season on Netflix screeners like two months ago i binged them in two days and then i was like now i need to wait two months to talk to anybody about how good this is um so i'm that's excited that's problem. finally out there yeah that's the problem with with what you do and and somewhat with what we do is the early stuff and then you really only have each other to talk yeah. to are the walls <laughs> exactly well i i generally i stand there and i'm like so what did you think about fly matter i agree <laughs> do a little do a little play so you loved Bly Manor. <laughs> I did. I love Bly Manor. Uh, loved Lovecraft. Uh, Lovecraft oh. Country. I've been watching that. That's great oh. as well. Uh, Raised by Wolves. I cannot stop talking about as well. So wild. Just it's Obsessed nice to have. It's nice to have shows like that right now that are just like over the top in very creative, fascinating ways. I feel like it's a total coincidence, but. I can't really watch shows that are very middle of the road that are just like, yeah, this is a show that I'm watching. Everything feels more present, more immediate because, hey, the world could end any day, right? So I'd rather watch yeah. something that just goes for it. And those are three shows that really go for it. And uh, I've been responding to them personally. I, I could not agree more. See, I love having you on, Alex. And, and have you seen <laughs> uh, The Vow at all? You watch the Vow? Uh, no, I'm not really a true crime doc guy. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I have a writer at Decider, Kayla Cobb, who's been writing about the show nonstop. She loves it. I've been editing all of her stuff, of course, and it sounds fascinating, but it's definitely the sort of thing where it's like, I could, I could deal with cults in my uh, science fiction fantasy <laughs> horror shows, but when you get into real world, it's like, oh, this is too much. I can't yeah, like cult this. in American horror story, good. Yes. <laughs> like, cult uh, in real life, no thank you. Right. Well, I mean, that being said, do, do you think it's a hagiography? What do you mean? <laughs> well, we, we've been discussing this for a while, that word of where it glorifies the subject of a biography. Do you think mm. it's glorifying these people from what you're reading? I wonder. Uh, no, I... <sighs> I'd like to get your writer on. Let's get her on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll just call her in. All of my writers are sitting right in. here. Bring her in. Bring her in. They provide my material <laughs> when I go on a podcast as well. I, I mean, here's the thing that Love I think that. about something with true crime, which is true of anything, is it depends on the person who's watching it, you know, which is kind of a dumb thing to say. But at the same time, you have something like The Vow. If you're, if you're really watching it and saying, hey, this Nixon thing sounds really interesting to me. You're taking away probably the wrong lesson from it, and there's nothing that can be done to hey, help. Hey, listen, you. it sounds like you just aren't clear, and what you need to do is you really just need to tell me some of your problems and send me mm -hmm. a few pieces of blackmail, and then we could really have this conversation. Yeah. That sounds great. I'll just share a couple of my secrets here on this and podcast. some new photos. Yeah, we'll play volleyball all night long, <laughs> and, and feed we'll you high seat. Yeah, just sugar and volleyball and take mm -hmm. nude photos. All right. So speaking from from yes. true crime though to uh, 
fake crime. See, this is the thing. Gangs of London. Okay. I'm going to just let you launch into it and then we'll get into this AMC plus of it all. Um, what do you think? So this is also like true crime, just straight up crime dramas are usually not necessarily my thing. Um, I'll watch them, but I like, uh, I'll err on the side of like a heisty type thing. You know, you give me something where there's twists, there's turns, there's people betraying each other into that. But if it's just mobs jockeying for power and usually not into it, but gangs of London, if you haven't checked it out, here's what I think is the pitch about it. And, and the first four episodes, by the way, are up on AMC plus right now. We'll get, I'm sure in more into the release schedule because it's kind of fascinating. Mm -hmm. All 10 episodes were on sky in England back in April. And it was a huge hit there, but it's basically game of Thrones meets the departed meets John wick is the way that I've been thinking about it. And the parts for me that really call me in is like, I like the departed, but it's the setup for the show is there's a guy, Finn Wallace played by Colm Meany who spoiler for the first couple of minutes here, but somewhat randomly gets murdered by a bunch of kids almost accidentally in a certain way. Turns out he's the biggest mob boss in all of London and it leads to multiple crime families jockeying for power. So that's where the game of Thrones thing kind of comes in. You have uh, Albanians, you have the Welsh, you have the Kurds. I think you have a bunch of different yeah, uh, English the packies yeah a bunch of different english families as well and they all want to fill that power vacuum that was held by finn wallace but also similar to game of thrones you have his i don't know if i can curse on this show no no you can curse and let's just say this if you haven't watched all the episodes of gangs of london at this point just tune out because there are spoiler alerts <laughs> alex and i are going to talk about all kinds of stuff and curse the fuck all you want alex go all right great uh <laughs> this total fucking asshole uh who is his son moves into the power vacuum it's very like joffrey on game of thrones he's sadistic he's awful but he also can't quite live up to his father's memory and that just makes everything spiral out of control and being worse then on the departed side of things this is a this is a big spoiler but this is a twist that i think you can kind of see coming pretty much as soon as it happens we're introduced to who i would say is ostensibly the closest thing the show has to a hero uh who's the character's name is elliot finch i'm definitely going to pronounce the actor mispronounce the actor's name uh sope derizu i think uh and he Incredible. just kind of pops up in the middle of everything. Wait, let's just stop for a second. Alex. Yeah. That opening, 43 minutes into the pilot, when yeah. you meet Elliot, this is going to be one of our leads, but we wait 40, Gareth Matthews, I think his name is, right? Wait, Gareth 40, Evans. Gareth Evans. Genius, yeah. by the way. And the, and the directing in this, it was like the first time I saw Matthew Vaughn do and Layer Cake. It mm -hmm. was, you know, that, that moment where I'm like, this is different. This is interesting. I haven't seen this way to tell a story before. So let's get into it. 43 minutes they waited to deliver us, Elliot, into that barroom fight. Yeah. Go. And it's great. Uh, so just to give a little background there, Gareth Evans, if you don't know the name specifically, he's the guy who directed The Raid, uh, as well as I think the sequel, which is the dudes fighting their way up a skyscraper movie. So you get all this mob finagling back and forth. We meet this expansive multiple families. And then, like you're saying, this guy walks into a bar, Elliot Finch. He's wearing a suit. This is where the John Wick of it all in my mind comes in. Yes. And it's just this fight breaks out. He's killing people with not multiple darts. There's Elliot right there on the screen. Yep. Uh, but a dart in his head. One dart. No worries. I had a dart. There it is. There's that fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, this fight. This, just, oh, 
that oh we're looking it's at these great. people how they're landing is unbelievable it's great and it and almost looks yeah. like the same bar from uh kingsman speaking of well uh, and, and it reminded me of the first time i saw the church scene in the kingsman you know where, mm-hmm. where uh it was that you know it's not as long but it was the most interesting ways to kill people in a row <laughs> yeah it's 100 that the action is uh, just to warn anybody who's squeamish there is so much blood in this show like so much it is intense it's over the top I, I watch horror movies. There, uh, I want to talk about that fight scene for the second episode. That we just yes. You're talking about the pikey his, one or the, uh, uh, the one with the nude gigantic man in his underwear. Okay. Yeah. That was Eastern promises to me. Yeah. Where they have uh, this huge pikeys, like six foot 10, you know, 320 <laughs> pounds of muscle, fully tatted like Brad Pitt on, on a million steroids with a hatchet. Yeah. And all Elliot has is a mattress to defend himself. So it's the sort of he, thing wait, where no, no, every- no. he started with a gun. That's the beauty right. of it. He starts with a gun. He moves to his hands and then the la- he tries to get a pipe. He fails. And then he t- goes for the mattress. Yeah. And it's just Sick. every episode. Uh, honestly, watching the show, I was like, all right, this isn't quite for me. I'll power through it. You know, I'll watch it. But you get to that fight and it's so wildly over the top. I was like, all right, I- I'm going to check out the second episode here. And every episode you get these things, you get fun twists. You have Elliot. If you want to hang on to him, there's other characters. If you want to hang on to them, everybody has their own things going on. But in my mind, it is that promise that there is a wildly insane fight scene every single episode of the show so far that just keeps you hooking in there. In the second episode, there's this one with the mattress in the third episode. There's a, it's not even a fight scene. It's just, can I, can I spoil this? We're Kinda spoiling like everything. Of- We've already told people to tune okay, out if right, they I haven't seen everything. Sure. So, so let me just give some back, some background. If you, you know, if you're watching, you know, if you know what happened, right. It's, it's, they yeah. finally find out that these pikeys, these kids are the ones who killed Colmini, you know, the head of the family of uh, Finn. And, uh, they go, okay, that's it. We're destroying their entire camp. And they go in with like 19 submachine guns and hand grenades <laughs> and go on now go. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that I was going to say is it's such a, uncalled for over the top response where the leader goes up to uh sean wallace who's the son at dinner or lunch or whatever and mm-hmm. says hey please do whatever you want just leave my son alone and he says mm, i'll think about it and then they cut to a scene of them all dressed in black and just wipe them out they they make them extinct is essentially what happens yeah and that's but, the but sort of 15 thing minutes though i think it was yes. like a 13 minute uh sequence yeah. So, so let's and, stay for a second because I, I want to sure. bring this up. Um, this is interesting because to me, the guy who directed the third and the fourth episodes, Corin Hardy, uh, mm-hmm. I think he sucks. And what I saw, <laughs> no, I, the nun I thought sucked. I thought yeah. the Hallows sucked. And I think he's a subpar filmmaker. Now I have to kind of look at him and go, what happened? Those third and fourth episodes to me, including the Pikey uh, camp. Mm-hmm. This destruction. I saw something that I didn't, I've never seen in this filmmaker. Well, I, I want to say I haven't seen his other stuff, so I don't want to slam him or anything because I don't necessarily no, I'm, have a I'm perfectly of fine doing it. Yeah, I'll leave it to you. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Alex. But Alex Dobbin says he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Put that on my gravestone. <laughs> uh, Gareth Evans, great. Clearly setting the visual look of the show right in those first two episodes. By the way, it's kind of one long episode that they split up, I believe, for AMC+. Is that what they did and that's why it's numbered differently? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe so. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
I, I think there's something to be said for having a great director come in there and set the visual language of the show that sets the tone going forward. So even if you have somebody that potentially is a subpar director, they have something to work off of. They have some notes. They have a crew that knows what they're doing. I mean, I look at, uh, we were just talking about Raised by Wolves, and yeah. I think that's pretty well directed across the board, but you have Ridley Scott coming in for the first two episodes, again, setting the visual language of the show. Yep. Even when it's his son coming in for a third episode, and I believe the last episode, mm-hmm. you already have that Ridley Scott being like, this is what it looks like. This is what we're doing. This is how the show works. Go from there. And I yeah, think it's, it's very interesting, Alex. I think you're absolutely right because I was not that big a fan of Luke until Raised by Wolves. And I mm-hmm. saw what he did in the third and the 10th uh, uh, episode. And I was yeah. like, whoa, this guy is a different filmmaker. Well, and I, I do think that said, you can see uh, Gareth Evans has, he, he cants the angles during the fights, right? Like he yeah. kind of takes everything and twists it suddenly. So it throws you off balance. That doesn't really show up in the third and fourth episodes necessarily, but you still have that wild action. So there is a little sense of that innovation that you're mixing, missing that Evans brings to a fight scene. But at the same time, uh, like we've been talking about, Sope Dorisu, again, apologies if I completely mangled his name, uh, is a phenomenal action star. Like you watch the show and there's nobody of thinking, oh, he's like the next James Bond or whatever. I was I was thinking that this guy is easily the next James Bond. This guy is one of the most phenomenal presents I've seen in a, I don't know, five years. This is phenomenal what he's doing. So, okay, so they do, they're doing these, these things that are, it's above horror level, wouldn't you say, Alex? Like horror movie level? Uh, it, it, it brushes on that. I mean, the amount of blood that happens, there's, there's a scene at the end of the fourth episode as well, where somebody just gets slathered completely slathered in blood multiple times and it never it never gets to like parody i'm thinking about a spoiler for lovecraft country but there's a scene two episodes back which they did play for last where the main characters get splashed with blood twice in a row it's very funny it's a funny shot same thing happens here but this show is deathly serious like there's there's no jokes at any point (laughs) during the show no it doesn't let out of the tension and it doesn't happen in the blood scene either Right. And, and what we're seeing now, so, so they released uh, this in an interesting way. So now we're up to, it. it's four episodes, but it's really five mm-hmm. that we've watched, right? Uh, I No, I think it's it's four episodes. It's three okay. episodes, actually, if anything, that they released, uh, but split over four is the way that they're putting them up on AMC+. Plus. So uh, to get into the AMC+, Plus of it all, and it sounds like you talked well, about this on the last episode a little <laughs> bit, um, but I, I get kind of wonky about AMC's uh release schedule and the way that they put things out because i found it kind of fascinating the way that they've innovated things in a way you know there's a lot of other networks that have picked up on it but they were certainly if not the first one one of the first ones uh that started putting up episodes early Uh, initially they did that on their website then they launched amc premiere where they would do things like throw walking dead episodes up 48 hours in advance and i say from experience as somebody who covered walking dead for over a decade at this point they are so locked out with spoilers. It was a shock when they said, oh, we're just going to drop it online two two days before. Yeah. That sounds crazy. But they were doing that to drive interest to the shows, to drive interest to the service. 
And I don't think it worked for AMC Premiere, but now that AMC in the past couple of years has become AMC Networks, which also includes BBC America, IFC, Shudder, uh, Sundance, I'm sure there's one or two more tiny ones in there that I'm forgetting, they folded it all into their own streaming service, which is essentially AMC Premiere, but includes mm -hmm. all those other networks as well. So it's called AMC Plus. It l officially Wait, launched- Alex, is there still yeah. an AMC? There is still an AMC. Okay, there is on, still sorry. an AMC premiere, <laughs> even though they're not promoting it at mm -hmm. all. But there is AMC Plus. The reason is here, I'm going to look this up so I don't get the information wrong. Uh, Great. AMC is only on Comcast, Infinity, Dish, and Slim TV at this point. That's it. Huh. So if you don't have those services, you can't get AMC Plus. This is what we were getting into this yesterday, which is about, you know, why people are buying Apple if they can afford mm -hmm. it, because at least you have everything. Everything else. That's out there. There's a sacrifice for the yes. user. Exactly. Yeah. And I, they're clearly hoping to expand AMC plus when they've been advertising all the walking dead shows in particular. Uh, they've basically said, watch it early on AMC plus haven't mentioned AMC premiere, haven't mentioned the website or anything like that. It's all AMC plus. So I assume the strategy there is to get you to call your cable provider and say, Hey, why don't you have AMC plus? I want to watch the Salisbury poisonings or whatever. This is, by the way, Salisbury poisonings, very serious show about a real thing that happened. But I also think it is the funniest name of a TV show of all time because it is kind person. of funny. I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with you on that, but, but it's like the same thing. It's like, yeah. if you're not at all, you know, if you're a normal consumer, you know, let's say you were using AMC and you had, because most people don't even have cable anymore. DirecTV, mm -hmm. I, I predict to be out of business in 18 months to two years, like yeah. completely. I mean, why are they around anymore? They're offering nothing we can't get streaming. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and that's what AMC Plus is trying to do. I mean, I think they're trying to, well, AMC in general is trying to prepare for the future, right? And again, yeah. I'll give them credit for they've had a weird rollout with Premiere and now Plus, but I do think they've had a, an incredible amount of forethought there in terms of how to put this stuff out uh, to get back to the gangs of London of it all. Uh, on October 1st, they... Essentially, I would say soft launch is probably not exactly right, but I'll say soft launched AMC Plus. It was already live, but they really did their official rollout because they had the Walking Dead finale, which was very delayed. They put that up 48 hours early. The premiere of Walking Dead World Beyond, which is their spinoff, they put up 48 hours early. Uh, and they also put up a bunch of other series. They put up multiple episodes of Soulmates, which is a new sci-fi anthology that they have. Uh, and they also put up... Gangs of London, Salisbury Poisonings, and uh, no, I think that was it. So Gangs of London and Salisbury Poisonings, they put up four episodes and they're not even going to be on AMC until sometime next year. So it's giving that cachet of wait, you wait, get to wait, see wait, it wait, before what? anybody else. Oh, yeah. wait, but we still get AMC. Plus, if we still get the episodes now for Gangs of London every week, right? Nope. Wait, what? I have to wait a year? Uh, well, maybe not a year, but next year. So essentially what they're doing is they're putting up these four episodes as a teaser. That's evil. Uh, it is It is a little evil, but again, it's to drive you to subscribe to AMC+. That's the idea. But what about if we're already subscribed to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm I, already subscribed and I don't get any, <laughs> like, I don't like getting any credit for this, right? I still have to wait till 2021. You could watch new episodes of Walking Dead World Beyond coming out every week. <laughs> I mean, so, Alex, you're not helping. Same diff. So, so all these episodes have played on Sky on the BBC. Mm -hmm. I just want to say that. They've already been played, so they already exist somewhere out there in the world. 
we would never steal them, but they were already played in London in the BBC. Yeah, I'm a little pissed. Well, so yeah, I mean, that's the other thing that's kind of interesting about Gags of London and the way that it's rolled out in particular is it was actually a co-production, I believe, between Sky and Cinemax. Mm. And they put up the first season on Sky, as mentioned, huge hit. And then Cinemax had a complete reevaluation of their programming where they're not doing original dramas anymore. So in a weird, rare turn of magnanimity or magnanimity or however <laughs> i'm not going to pronounce the word correctly uh they basically said amc was like hey we'll take it and cinemax and warner media said yeah no problem go for it and so amc went on as a co-producer greenlit season two with sky and that's why they get gangs of london so i assume part of the thing with the rollout uh, and, and I don't have any inside information about that. I don't know if this is correct, but I assume part of the reason of Lola rolling out the full season one of Gangs of London next year is to get it closer to the season two premiere on both Sky and AMC. Right. So, so do we know are they already in production on season two? I don't know. I don't know. There's a there's a, a virus that's been going around that hasn't been a lot of news about, but it's, it's shut down a lot of production. So, I think I think in London maybe not. Or here. Uh, a little bit of both. <laughs> really? Column A, column B. Yeah. Well, you know, you're hearing things going back, like, you know, Ozark, went, et cetera, et cetera. There's things that are back and shooting. So I just, I wonder, I, I get the release now. I, I just think it also breaks a momentum in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. you know, for the show, because it's getting a lot of traction now and now it goes away. Uh, I think part of that is, again, like they're using it as a teaser for AMC Plus, not as a teaser for Gangs of London. That would be my supposition there, is they're going to cut back, they're going to have it on the network, they're going to give it a push then. And I think, again, this is a lot of assuming on my part, but just for what I've kind of noticed with the release mm-hmm. schedule, is despite what somebody might respond in terms of Walking Dead ratings, them putting up episodes of Walking Dead 48 hours earlier didn't hurt linear ratings of Walking Dead. You know, they were naturally going down anyway as a lot of broadcast ratings have gone down. But the hardcore fans are checking it out, IAMC premiere early, and then watching it again when it's live, watching Talking Dead, all those things. So I think that's what they're going for this stuff as well, is they're saying, if you love Gangs of London, if you're psyched about the first four episodes, you're going to come back for it when the rest of the season premieres. I mean, they're not wrong. You know, <laughs> no. right? I, you're kind of a captive audience. I, I just think the uh, the lag or the uh, caveat is someone like myself who's already a subscriber. So what, do I mm-hmm. stop subscribing now and then wait until they come back? I mean, that's the risk, right? That's the risk with anything. You know, you look at Disney Plus where I I would argue, I don't think it's necessarily hurt of them, but certainly there were a lot of people that said, well, now that I'm done with Mandalorian, I'm canceling my subscription, you know? Mm -hmm. And then they'll come back for the second scene of Mandalorian. Or HBO knows that very well where people would subscribe for seasons of Game of Thrones and then cancel their subscription. But the fact of the matter is with almost any subscription service, most people are going to forget to cancel. Like they're just not going to do it. You, That's you, right. you. I think that there's. Um, I want to look up just how many people haven't stopped their 24-hour fitness membership yet, even though the places <laughs> got bankruptcy. Yeah, and they're still billing, by the way. 24. Yeah, hours. I'm still playing paying Blockbuster on a monthly basis. So. This is what I'm saying. You do. It is a uh, these recurring charges. It's a big uh, gimmick that they do. Mm-hmm. And you know, the good news is Apple. Again, when you talk about why use certain things, Apple will remind you. Yes. Well, I, I, they definitely sent the reminders. I do think 
people, they automatically send the reminders to you, right? They tell you mm -hmm. like, hey, it's time to cancel. Your subscription is up, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but it doesn't matter. You forget to do it anyway. You procrastinate. And then suddenly you have an extra month of this thing and you're like, eh, I'll cancel it next month. Right. Exactly. And you don't think to cancel it right then. Uh, yes, this is exactly the, the thing we get into with this. But OK, so so that being said now, like I said, AMC Plus still hard to find. So they're hoping mm -hmm. that this is going to help iron this out. Yeah. I mean, again, this is my uh, yeah. kind of my guess here, but I think a lot of it, because it is not available in most places, people are going to call up and say, how do I get that? And, you know, somebody, somebody on a helpline checks a little box and is like, person interested in bus. And then they kind of go from there. So given that there are multiple networks, I'm sure giving this a big push behind the scenes, they're trying to work things out. Um, something that would really help it, and maybe this already exists, but I don't think so, is just them doing a deal with like an Apple or a Roku or an Amazon Fire or something yes. like that, putting in front of more people, um, you know, or as a plug-in. I mean, I was recently looking at CBS All Access is weirdly a plug-in on Prime Video, but that's why if you already have Prime Video, pay an extra six bucks a month and you can watch all the Star Trek Big Brother that you want. Uh, and I think that's a smart way of doing it as well as teaming up with somebody bigger. They're doing that. Um, that's the, that's mm -hmm. how I have uh, AMC is through the Prime Video. Also, that's how my mom accidentally adds more um, cable uh, networks <laughs> to my um, Amazon Prime account because she has the password and it's just a matter of going, oh, I want to watch this on Cinemax. Oh, now I have a subscription to Cinemax. <laughs> this is what okay. So, so let me let me go off this for a moment and ask you something in a larger sense. You obviously, you know, this Disney announcement, right? Because mm -hmm. we're talking about streaming, we're talking about all these things. How, how do you think? How big an effect do you think this is going to have that they're moving towards only streaming? I mean, I don't know how much it is moving towards only streaming. You know, the second theaters are able to open globally across the board, particularly in New York or LA, Disney is going to be all over it. You know, they are a juggernaut. There's no stopping them. But what they're trying to do now, and I think smartly, is they look at the only part of their business that is growing is Disney Plus. That's it. Not the theme parks, not theatrical, not consumer products even, because those are things that usually make up a bulk of the money, but people are nervous to get their hands physically on things and get packages and mail things. So digital is the way to go. You know, mm -hmm. on their last earnings call, uh, the one where they announced uh, Mulan was going to be going to digital, they were very specific about that. They were like, this is down, this is down, this is down. Disney Plus, up. So they know they got to be all in on that and make that as robust as possible. Uh, and I mean, you look at the other side of the fence, uh, there's huge missteps that they went through initially, but Warner Media knew that with HBO Max as well. You know, they put all their chips in there and they got screwed over for the first bit, certainly, mm -hmm, yeah. but they seem to be bouncing back a little bit now, particularly post Raised by Wolves. I mean, we'll see what happens with it, but they got the witches coming up that they're pushing to HBO Max directly instead of uh, out in theaters. Uh, and they're not doing a premier access thing, which Disney did for Mulan, which mm -hmm. uh, was also a bit of a misstep on their part. Um, but all of these places know that everybody is watching stuff at home. The longer the pandemic goes on, the more people are going to become used to the behavior of watching movies in particular at home and less likely to go out to theaters. It doesn't mean the death of theaters. It just means a change of behavior that they need to respond to. Well, it also doesn't not, not mean mm -hmm. the death of theaters. Sure. I'm just saying it, it's a viable possibility that I hope does not 
happen. But it, it scares me a little when I, I when I, I mean, think about it. What do you say, Jason? Well, I, I think, you know, I don't like to think of it this way either, but it's kind of true. Like theaters have been dying, right? Mm-hmm. This is a, this is, you know, it, it's almost like it got some sort of virus that is uh, nine, five times more deadly than the virus it already had um, and is, uh, is just speeding along to that thing. And we're actually moving towards an inevitability that we have to prepare for regardless. I think there will always be theaters, just like there will always be records and there will always be certain mm-hmm. places for certain things for niche stuff. But I think this is, if I was in a Disney shoes, I would be thinking, oh, right, well, this is really the long-term business anyway, so we need to be ready to have a platform for it. Well, to that point, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, the The way that it has been going is the same way as record stores, right? Where they don't go away. They just become a niche thing for the hardcore people. Mm-hmm. And you look at like an Alamo Draft House or here in New York, we have Nighthawk or other dine-in type movie theaters. That's something that makes it a little bit more of an experience versus just stuffing another movie in your to a craw, you know? And I think that's what we're going to see a little bit more potentially coming out of this as well as which i'm very upset about living here in new york we don't have enough of these but the resurgence of drive-in theaters which is kind of great i wish we had that here and we just do not yeah we we love it i mean i this is my kind of broader question on this you know we know that Disney had a uh, stockholder meeting, a shareholder meeting that was right around this time. And we're mm-hmm. looking at fourth quarter earning projections, right? I, I just wonder if they're kind of in a little way scrambling on this and going, all right, we're just moving, you know, but yet they're not re- saying we're releasing Black Widow on streaming. Mm-hmm. If you're going all streaming, why aren't you releasing Black Widow? Yeah, they're not. I, I think there was misinterpretation of what they were saying. They are mm. reorganizing their company to put more of an emphasis on streaming, but it's not all streaming all the time. Uh, certainly, cut to six months from now, when we're still in the pandemic and theaters are still closed, they're not going to stick to their guns necessarily and be like, Black Widow's never coming out. You know, then it's going to go to Disney Plus and it'll be like, sub premiere access for $20 or something like that, you know, whatever they're going to do. Um, But right now it's more about we're putting more of an investment into this rather than this being the side thing. This is the main thing. This is the thing that we're putting to the forefront because this is the thing that's working. And the other thing there is you got Bob Chapek who took over uh, for Bob Iger and he just right now, which is totally reasonable. He's just started on the job, but he doesn't seem to have quite, the same natural instinct for making everything work that Bob Iger did. Maybe he'll get there, but right now he's definitely in the trying phase, moving things around phase, strategic reorganization of the company phase, which is what happens whenever anybody takes over every time. But let me ask you this. Why get rid of Bob Iger? I mean, the guy's a stud. I mean, he he wasn't like he was doing that much wrong. Did he just get a, like want to leave? You know, like why is this? He's he's been talking about it for years. It wasn't a surprise. You know, he Mm -hmm. said, Hey, I don't want to do this thing anymore. He's still with the company. He's actually, as far as I understand anything about financial things, he's Bob Chappick's boss now. So if anything, he got a promotion, he didn't leave, but he's dealing less with the day-to-day and the minutia of the parks, of the movies, of everything else. He's letting somebody else do those decisions. Um, Also, he's probably rich beyond all of our wildest (laughs) dreams and wants to spend a little bit of that money. Listen, I'm not mad at it, let let me tell you. But, But this is what I think we're seeing in the bigger picture and and then I'll ask you this. So so Alex, what I'm I'm just asking our guests now. What do you think is going to be the one box to rule them all? What do you think we oh. end up in? You know, two years. Like, is it going to be Apple? Is it going to be mm. Roku? You know, like what? I think there's going to be one or two tops. Yeah, I 
I would have given you a different answer, I think, a month or two ago than I would have now, because the reason for that is I think HBO Max is making smarter moves after initially stumbling. So potentially, you know, Warner Media certainly has the money to be like, and also we have our Warner Media box, particularly because they really haven't figured out the Roku or Amazon thing yet. Yeah. Uh, and then Apple also seems to be making kind of smarter moves as well. You know, certainly they're always going to be releasing tech, but now they have a couple of kind of smaller hits on their hands with the Apple TV stuff, which probably emboldens them in the right direction. Ted Lasso is fantastic. fantastic. And people are actually talking about it. I think as the first uh, Apple TV plus show that right. people who haven't been forced to watch Apple TV actually talk about. So, you know, they get a couple more of the things like that and they can push it ahead. Um, but in terms of the boxes, like, in terms of the physical media, you're saying? Yeah, I'm saying like, you know how there's, we have the Roku and we have the mm -hmm. Fire Stick and we have, you know, it, like what is going to be, all these boxes are fighting and they're fighting for deals. Roku can't mm -hmm. work out their deal with HBO Max. Like where do we end up? They can't, just all these I mean, boxes can't survive. I don't know. Amazon is such a part of everybody's lives. I, I can't see any way around that. You know, if we're going to come down to one thing, it's got to be Amazon. Right. It'll either be like Amazon or Apple and Amazon, and they'll split mm -hmm. up the, the terrain. Right. With Roku left with whatever's left. Well, or Roku gets absorbed, right? Yes. Yeah. But they're, they're also very big. Like, I don't think you should count them out necessarily because they're million. in, yeah, they're a huge player. They have more and more things that are getting added all the time. And it's one of those things that's kind of like stealth in the background where potentially they could vault ahead of Amazon. They could vault ahead of Apple and be the surprise winner in all of this. Now I'm thinking maybe I go invest in Roku. Do it. <laughs> it's not <laughs> all of way. your money. Every single put in put in that Bob Iger money. Thanks, Alex. I'm going to yeah. take your advice on as that. your financial advisor. I don't. I don't think that you're wrong, though. I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense, and I think we're going to also see the streaming places uh, be narrowed down and narrowed down. And mm -hmm. what's well, you know, we know Netflix is going to be left standing, Amazon, yeah. but beyond that, I think it's a toss-up. Yeah, I can see a world. Disney Plus is also huge. You know, something mm -hmm. that we do not to pull back the curtain too much, but something I certainly do at work a lot, and we certainly. Uh, use as a guide for stories, if not necessarily a specific thing, is we look at Google Trends a lot and look at what's going on with that. So every once in a while, I'll pop in and I'll throw all the major streaming services into a bunch of Google Trends together mm -hmm. to see how they look. And if uh, people don't know how that looks uh, or how that works, it's all about Google search. So it's not by any means the only metric it's mostly are people writing about this are people searching for this and that's pretty much it so it's not actual viewers or anything like that but if you look at the curves for these things you got netflix of course all the way at the top right, right. at the bottom you've got prime video apple tv and maybe peacock is like a little below them they're uh, the and they're yeah they're at the bottom hbo max is lower than hbo but also at about that level. But Disney Plus is way beyond that. Uh, you know, even if you have, uh, I, this is the way that I think about it, honestly, and I know this is a little insulting, but even if you have a lot of adults saying there's nothing to watch on Disney Plus, there's a huge amount of search interest all the time about Disney Plus, which to me says you just can't count them out. You know, just because there's not a Mandalorian, just because there's not the next Marvel TV show or the first Marvel TV show. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that people really, really want to watch on there. And it's become an essential tool for families to watch as well. So uh, getting yeah. back to the Disney is a juggernaut thing. 
I think they're going to be around for a really long time. It's just smart branding on their part and uh, people know them as a brand. Well, I, I agree with you. I just, now you made me spark something else in my brain, which is, I wonder now how many of the actual studios, you know, we know Disney mm-hmm. can, but like how many actual studios are going to survive this? Uh, that. That's a good question as well. I mean, I, th- I think we're certainly going to see a lot of consolidation, right? Like right. you got Warner is already under AT&T. You have Disney is its own thing, but uh, I don't know. Paramount is Viacom CBS. Yep. And certainly that's another thing that's going to be kind of thrown into the mix next year with CBS all access rebrands is Parabod plus so i would have thought they would have ditched the Parabod thing at some point but i, did I was too. very wrong about that yeah. I, I don't know what they're doing but it might work yeah but I, mean, I don't know i mean you still you'll have like getting back to the niche record store thing yes i think you'll still have like a neon around an a24 around they're putting out quality stuff and maybe they'll get snapped up by somebody big and you'll have a, a situation not to bring up horrible memories of other things, but like a Miramax owned by Disney type situation. Right. You could see that with Disney buys a 24 or something like that, you know? Yeah. But well, it's almost like going back to, I don't know, it was the 70, late seventies, early eighties when Coke bought TriStar. It's mm-hmm. a, you know, it's a very, so we're seeing these trends. Seagram's bought, you know, universal. This is uh you know, it's all consolidating, consolidating. So it's going to be one big drink studio brand. Yeah. Well, ultimately this isn't too much of a shocker, but it always comes <laughs> down to money, right? Like <laughs> you can't keep a movie studio afloat if there are no movie theaters open and nobody's watching movies. Yeah. I mean, look at the size of these lots. I mean, the mm-hmm. lots are not being used, the insurance, the overhead. It's, it's impossible. I, I'm wondering which ones are going to fall to be quite frank man i don't know i think everybody is still holding out right but there are also those reports uh, i don't know if you talked about this on the show before but that amc theaters has like six more months in it and that's pretty much it no that if a, uh, yeah there there were a bunch of reports that came out i think again i'm not really a financial guy but they filed for something <laughs> essentially <laughs> extra money to keep them afloat through this period and they said whether i don't know whether this is hyperbole or not but they said basically if a big movie doesn't open and drive people back to theaters at the same level in the next six months we're done uh and the the popular theory there is that's the sort of thing where amazon has been rumored to be kind of looking around amc theaters anyway they completely lose their uh, money. They go completely bankrupt. They become super cheap. Then you get Amazon buying up those theaters. Who knows what happens from there? Well, that's okay. So that's something we have talked about, which I'm a little concerned about, which is now a long time ago when the studio system got broken up, they, they outlawed the studios mm-hmm. having the movie theaters. They made a complete right. divide. We're going back to it. If, stu- if theaters yeah. are going to exist, studios are going to own them. Absolutely. So how do we and, get around the monopoly? I mean, I don't know if we do. You know, again, everybody everybody is aching for money. Everybody, uh, kind of what I was getting at before is there's only so long you can keep afloat through your artistic measures alone without saying, I can't do this anymore financially. You know, so somebody is going to have to bail those people out. And you are going to see, again, the longer this goes on, the more consolidation I think you're going to see with everything. But hopefully... Hopefully there's a vaccine soon. We don't have to worry about that. Yes. Hooray. Let's, let's go with that. Yay. All right. Good. So on that note, then Jason, you have anything you want to add to, to this? He was there for a second. There he is. No, I just had a lot of smart ass remarks, but I forgot him. <laughs> well, they were all very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. They were all, all complete thoughts. Obviously. Jason always has something good to say. Just not now. No. 
Okay. So always doesn't count that. Alex, seriously, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you oh, so much for being here. Thanks for having here. me on. I appreciate it. You come back again for brother. sure. Thank you so oh, much. Absolutely. And uh, read we'll Alex. Read the decider. Yeah, read, read the him. decider. Uh, anything else you want to plug, Alex? Before we let you go. Uh, no, I mean, you can check me out on Twitter at a Zaldin. I'm on there way too much. And if you want to see the stuff I write for decider or very unfunny jokes, you can check them out there. Right on. Thanks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Alex. Zaldin. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. I, I love him. I love him. I, I get lost. Cause I, we have such good talks. It's like, I forget where sometimes I, I feel like I'm sitting out back and uh, smoking a cigar and talking to the guy just about normal stuff. Like, yeah. normal. Oh no, I think it's great. And, and, and the thing is like, you know, goes a little long, but it's, it's worthwhile because what you guys were talking about really gets into the meat of stuff and you're not just, uh, you know, just spoiling, uh, lie for everybody. You're not just sitting there <laughs> go, Hey, remember this spoiler? No, you actually got, you got a lot of good content going on and what you guys are talking about. is really interesting and, and scary and, uh, and fun. Um, well, it's so but, interesting to me, even that Amazon was at the bottom. So that's a good thing that the boys just blew up the way it did. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the weirdest things with Amazon, right? Like you don't really think of Amazon, like you don't think of it because Amazon has so much stuff going on. You don't think of Amazon first being a delivery mechanism for video. I mean, it's audible and that's not necessarily the first thing people think about. You know, there's so much stuff that Amazon's doing all the time that I'm sure it's look just how they're connected. I think they're they're like Audible Originals. They're building in these different like Audible Originals is doing a whole new listening experience with everything. They're building in these uh, these different pathways into content. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's going to be something in five years, you know, the same way we're looking at Amazon now is this multi-billion dollar, you know, mm -hmm. uh, corporate behemoth. It's going to be the same in entertainment. It's just oh, I think so, too. Well, and that's what I mean. Like you just find out about stuff on Amazon, right? Like you don't necessarily they don't. They, with the boys, it's been an exception because it's been an exceptionally uh, big show for them. But in general, you don't really learn about Amazon stuff, right? There's not a lot of advertising towards it. You don't see right. a lot of it out there. You know, it's just all there. Like, it's going to be one of those things when they turn on the the mechanism, whatever that is for marketing and advertising, that they're going to they're going to feel like at least and especially with people that don't know about all the stuff going mm -hmm. on there, they're going to people are going to go on there. Holy shit! Look at all this content that's been there the whole time, but it's that they never knew about. So it's going to feel huge to them. Well, also what's interesting is, you know, when we were talking to Jason on the other episode about all this uh, streaming stuff from the streamer, I think it was streamable. Uh, uh -huh. You know, we were talking about like, what, what's the first place you open up? You know, like everyone he thinks goes to Netflix. I was saying, well, uh -huh. I go to Hulu, but what I do realize is that I do go to Amazon last uh -huh. to see like, Oh, maybe there's something new on Amazon. Well, I, you know, it's funny about Amazon. And I do the same thing. I go to their last because they actually have more options than any of the other ones. Amazon does. Yes. What, what is she saying? Try. <laughs> Thank you for shouting out coworker. She's like, you know them. I just winked and said, it's kind of a big deal. I love it. Thank <laughs> Glad we could do that for you, Nancy. Yeah, Nancy. And I, I like being a big deal. Yeah. Um, but what, because. You are a okay, big deal. Go on. So the first thing I always look at is most likely Netflix. And then probably Hulu or whatever. I know that there's nothing going to be on Apple. Looking at Peacock is kind of like looking at a refrigerator at a, you know, at a bachelor's uh, yes. house at the, in the middle of the night and expecting to find anything but like one open Coors Light, right? Um, and some baking soda. Maybe. Maybe. And that's only if mom came and visited and left it there. Right. Right. But with Amazon, you know, they have the prime and the prime stuff. But mm -hmm. one thing you can do at Amazon that you can't do at any of the others except Apple um, is you can buy movies. Yes. Right. That's so right. it's my, kind of my last resort. Cause I'm like, well, if there's nothing on, maybe there is some 
new premium or movie-based piece that I can buy there. And it's wait, the wait, only wait, one. Wait, you'll go there before you go to iTunes to buy a movie? Um, well, here's the trick with that. Most of the stuff's on movies anywhere. So if I buy it in one place, it's everywhere, right? So um, I generally buy everything off iTunes I, uh, in general. But if I'm looking for something or if I want to rent something, um, and I, you know, I don't have an Apple TV installed in the front room, for one reason or another, I don't know. We've just always used the Xbox, and okay. uh, and uh, and so for that reason, because I just taught everybody else that the Xbox is where you get stuff. It just makes it more convenient to pull all those things from there, and it has mm-hmm. Peacock and all those things. That Amazon is the only option that we have in the front room to actually just buy something, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's for, true for most people. Roku and all those things, you can buy it through Fandango and all these random things. But this is the one place where you can have streaming. And purchase shows in the same place, and those shows show back up in, um, you know, all the other places where those movies are movies anywhere, which is practically everything. Yeah, well, that 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 makes a lot of sense because we can't make this kind of privileged assumption or hypothesis that oh, people just have apples because nope. most people can't afford an apple, nope. and and you know that's a that's uh, a, a it's not a um, small thing. To really nope. think because there is, it's like we said today, there's a sacrifice with every other box, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, everyone's got their little footholds. It's like, it's like the gangs of London. It's like, you know, uh, yep. you know, the biggest is Apple, right? And that's like the Finn Wallace. And now that like Apple's tilting a little and they're like, oh, wait, there's some room here. Everyone's scattering around to try and stay claim. Like yep. Roku's like, no, we're not making a deal with you unless we get this. Well, and it's super silly, right? Because... Yeah. You already have a problem in that there, you don't need a hardware limitation on top of a software limitation, right? Every platform software, so you, you, you can have Netflix, but if you have Netflix and you want to pay for that subscription and you don't want to pay for the Hulu subscription, you're already missing out on stuff. Right. So to fragment it again through hardware, and I understand they want to sell all of it and the more pieces that are available – it's just double stupid. Like Apple's don't, I, I don't know why all of them picked Apple. I mean, maybe it's a long play, but I can't imagine that they didn't just go along with whatever Apple says. And I know that Apple's a little more open with like how they do their splits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Jesus Roku, like you're going to lose. That's why you're going to lose. Right. right. Why be, why be the hardware platform that decides that HBO can't be there when HBO is one of the top streaming platforms right now. That's dumb. Well, yeah, I agree. But then you got to look at the fact that with, you know, no joke. Roku's got 40 million users. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, and that's the, that's the balance, right? And that's the whole thing. They think they have a negotiating space. What I don't think they realize is they don't. I think what they, what they're forgetting is people that on that people that want HBO aren't going to buy a new one. And people that are on there already don't care because they're not watching. They're using for Hulu or whatever. So this negotiating tech doesn't gain them more people or it's, it's, and it's not going to be in HBO's best interest. They give a shit, right? Um, it's eventually going to be the reason people leave, not the reason people stay. That's why I think Roku's going to get absorbed. Yeah. He's going to be one of those that gets absorbed. And I think, uh, you know, I, yeah. I think like Alex said, even though he's not a financial reporter per se, you know, he's got a very strong insight into this for everything he does write about. I think we are going to, it's very possible. We'll look at, you know, Apple as the box and an Amazon. Yep. You know, and, and that's the thing too. Uh, the reason Amazon doesn't have that stuff and can fight it as long as they want, again, they don't give a shit, right? right. If they, they if it's on there, it's not. They don't care. Like, this isn't their moneymaker, right? They're make, th- today's Prime Day, and they're probably going to make more money today um, selling, you know, fucking Echoes <laughs> than, than Prime's going to make all year. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, because Prime really isn't on its own a moneymaker. It's a moneymaker, you know, because it's part of their overall package. 
So that's bringing more people to Amazon all the time. So you can be that big and do that. You know, if you're a Roku, you don't, you don't need to have that fight. If you're a Chromecast, you don't need to have that fight. Um, and that one's, I love the Chromecast stuff, except that their, their main platform is YouTube and YouTube sucks. So like, that's a problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I, I think everybody's uh, satiated at this point, yeah. you know, uh, if you can afford to get the Apple, I mean, I think that's the best answer, but yeah. you know, if not, you know, you just figure out your workarounds. Yeah. For if the not, moment. Get an Xbox, get an Xbox, get a used Xbox. Well, man. What's the PS5 going to have? It's going to have everything. It has going to be like now. an Apple. It, it, it'll have everything but Apple, right? And so that's the thing with Apple. The only one that has Apple for some reason is Roku and like he was saying, a couple other things. Hopefully it does, but they have their own little PlayStation thing, but it has everything else. My Xbox and PlayStation have Peacock and all that stuff. Like the gaming, gaming boxes don't care. And you get to play Spider-Man Miles Morales game as soon as it comes out, man. Right. Like, so like get a, get a, if you don't want to worry about all those boxes and you want to actually have something and you're going to pay a hundred bucks for it, or 150 bucks. And I know that Xboxes are more, but like um, with the new one coming out, you could probably get a used Xbox one for fairly cheap right now. Mm. And you just want to use it as more of a streaming box, stream it off there. You get all the, you get almost all the, you get all the same things on everybody else without all the fighting. And you can actually play real video games on it. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think something to really look at if you can afford that again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm just saying, if you're going to go that big, mm -hmm. you know, get something that you can, you know, that you, you know, that the kids can play, uh, you know, whatever you want on it. You got, you, you can not, you not, not just streaming AMC plus, but also call of duty, you know, right, it's go big and stay home. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's not go big or stay home. Okay. So you want to get into anything before we got, we got, uh, we got oddly, a couple minutes. We have I, a few minutes. Um, I don't know if I want to get into any new, too much new content just because we don't have a ton of time. I wanted to bring up some news that um, actually made me really sad, mm. uh, but not not sad like, oh, this is a bad thing, okay. like a sad thing, but like, why are you doing this? Um, you know, they're, re, they're, um, they're creating a limited series, uh, Dexter, another season. With uh, Michael's All C the same characters, yeah. Paul or whatever? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. why money because that's what you do Interest? yeah exactly um uh, well i think that that's the perceived thing from showtime i mean for showtime dexter was one of their biggest shows of all time right that was one of their biggest ever hits yeah but it, it's not like it was that long ago it's like yo, come up with some new stuff well it's and it's not a reboot it's just a you know a 10 episode season so it's been you know and uh, well, that could a, be interesting, actually. That could be if, if the writer felt a reason to come back, and you know, these characters are like, okay, let's see, what tell me about it. Yeah, okay. well, I, I mean, we don't have a lot of details about it, but the series for me, like the first season was great. I thought the first season was good, um, and it was really based off the books and had a really great like kind of tie-in, and it, you wrapped up the whole season. Second season was fine. The third season was great. I think either and. It was the third or fourth season that was the John Lithgow season, which was great. And then everything else was junk, right? The, the, <laughs> the, 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 the season with Colin Hanks was awful. Um, the, the, the way it ended was really, really bad. Um, and I just, this one gives me a really weird taste because I actually really want to like it. I really wanted to like the show. I just don't feel like the show's been great for most of its lifespan. And well, to the see problem this is they fired the uh, actual creator after mm. the first season. Got it. And, uh, you know, you lost a lot of the voice. So the show took a completely different turn. Got it. Uh, I think the creator might have been the guy who wrote the book. Oh, really? Okay. 
I, I, I'm pretty sure you gotta you gotta look into it. But uh, you know, they they fired him for whatever reason. And uh, listen, I think it did take a turn. I was in every episode, every season guy of Dexter, just because. Mm-hmm. You know, also remember back then there weren't as many shows. Oh no, I watched every episode, every season. Yeah, it sounds too. weird to say, but there weren't. You know, like there were a lot of shows, but now looking back, there weren't. Right? There weren't. Compared to what we have now. Yeah, no, that show ended in 2013, started in 2006. If you're not looking, streaming really was even a thing yet, right? And Netflix, hmm. Netflix's streaming services didn't start really in earnest until like at least 2009, 2010. See, that's interesting. It's like, that's how fast this stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. so know? this stuff, this stuff, this stuff was all out there a little bit earlier. And then I think the other part of it, like that, do you remember that last season where the, the that girl from, uh, I'm sorry, that woman from uh, uh, Chuck, uh, I forget her name. Julie um, um, uh, Benz? Uh, it, no, not Julie Benz. That's Rita uh, that played Rita. Uh, da, 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 I okay, y- Yvonne Strakowski or whatever. Oh, I love her. She's great, but she's, she's like great. the female. She was yeah, like the female, female Dexter. Killer. Yeah. And then they became lovers and then like she took the kid and they moved to Bali or whatever by the end. And he became right. a lumberjack because he was going to fight a white squall. And then he, he unplugged <laughs> his sisters. It was so bad. He like unplugged her uh, uh, life support before he left. Yeah, and, it was like so bad. I don't even remember it now. Like it's yeah. kind of fade. You almost want to do one back. of those. Yeah, you want to do the one of those Roseanne things, right? Where everything just was a that last season was a dream, and then the next season you say something really racist about one of uh, uh, President Obama's secretaries of state and uh, get get terminated again. Nah, so <laughs> cancel. Listen, Roseanne, I, I, getting rid of her that show. Don't the Connors? I don't even know what it is anymore. Mm-mm, I don't I know. Really don't. I, I tried to watch a couple of them, but whatever. Uh, listen, it's it's one of these things. Like when you do, like oh, they won the lottery. No, that season was a dream. Yeah. Fuck you. Like well, that's what, they, I, that's what I'm saying. They have to do that with Dexter too. Like he never became a lumberjack. He just hit his head and landed at landed at a Denny's, eating a lumberjack slam, wiping his wiping the table down with some brawny. I, no. I mean, listen, I, I'm interested to see what they do. I hope they don't. You know, listen, I, it's not like they could ruin anything. It wasn't like, uh, you yeah. know, it's not The Sopranos. No, no, it definitely wasn't. It, it definitely wasn't. And I, I don't think. I guess you can't really mess with the the structure of the show um, and like the, the legacy of it, because it, it did do that kind of thing. But I, I do think right. it's weird to try. I don't know. It's just why let's just, I feel like that's a show that you go, okay, we messed up. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to bring this back. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I bet there's something else in Showtime's library they could bring back, but you got to get all the actors, you know, it's a whole thing. That's not the most exciting thing. Was there any other interesting news in, in showbiz? Because that is not, well, I, I mean, just, I'm glad I, you told me because I'm interested. Ouch, but. ouch, ouch. It's like, that wasn't interesting enough to waste our last six minutes. Tell no, me no, more. No, it was Tell interesting me more. enough. I, ouch. I thought it was interesting. It is. Uh, Jason, don't feel no, bad. You don't. Don't no, feel you, bad. no, you don't. No, I you don't. I said it's interesting. Is it, but not no. interesting enough. What's more not, interesting? Not interesting enough. There really isn't a lot going on right now well, that you would want to know. This is one of the things know. that I, I really actually is why I asked this. It's it's. I was saying before. There's a when you look back, there weren't a lot of shows then, right? And so we're talking about now. I feel like there's not a lot of shows. Like I, I understand we're weird and not like everyone, and we watch everything. But when I look around right now, I don't have anything to watch, and I feel like the news. Listen, you know, I don't watch news, news, but entertainment news. It feels just like flatlined. Right. Well, you know, and this is the, this is the one time of the year I would say like 
besides it being Halloween and a lot of the stuff being geared towards like Halloween movies, because they're not a lot of Halloween series, but you being away from the news is probably the best thing you could do. But for everybody else, this is we're two weeks away from an election, right? Three weeks mm-hmm. away from an election. So nobody right. really gives a shit, right? Oh, is that what's happening? Yeah, there's we're three weeks away from the, the election. Every everything is, is geared towards that Thursday. This Thursday, they're going to have competing town hall meetings on um, between uh, the, the candidates and on NBC and ABC at the same time. Um, there's a debate next week. There's all the stuff going on around there. So almost everybody is looking towards that, or at least TV is. So this is like the, and then you also, the other things that we don't talk a lot about is sports balls. Mm. So we, the Lakers just won the championship. We're that, in the middle by the of the way. That was really cool. That's really cool. You know, I mean, uh, but for what yeah, it was, it was still like right. unexciting. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the, um, we have the world series going on right now. NFL is back. Um, so a lot of the things that would Who's playing in the to, world series. Oh, I don't yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> That's why I asked you. I thought you might be able to tell me something. Uh, I, I, I mean, uh, it's, it's, uh, I, it's, it's not the Dodgers, be, right? No, I, maybe it? it's not even ready yet. Maybe it's not, maybe it hasn't even started. They're still in the playoffs. Maybe that's yeah, why I feel I like know. that's more, I feel like I know if the world series is going on, like Joe Buck would be announcing it. It'll be a whole thing. Yeah. 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 But they're, they're, so they're still going with all that stuff. It, there's, it, there's Atlanta's playing. Um, they're doing the league championships right now. The Rays, okay. the Astros. That makes sense. Um, that makes so, sense. so we have that to watch if you care. Yeah. And the Raiders won a beat against the chiefs. Nancy, that was the best game. It really made me happy. Cause I was trying to watch that 49er dolphins game and it just made me sad. So the Raiders, it bueno. yeah, it was not you. bueno. <laughs> um, so, but, but I think that that's a lot of the things. So when we talk about content, there's not a lot of content right now because yeah. this is the time of year. There wouldn't be a lot of content for us anyway. It's a, you know, like I always used to look at this time was with Fox, like, cause I was a big Simpsons fan when I was growing up, like, you know, through the nineties and um, stuff. And this would be the time of year where there would be no new, Simpsons episodes because baseball just took over everything, right? And it's like, right. uh, this is that time of year. Right, well, we it just doesn't feel like it because uh, we never leave. Yeah, we have new Family Guy and we have new, we have new uh, Family Fargo. Guy, new Bob's Burgers, new yep. Archer. It's cartoon time, kids. Yep. All right. So uh, until our next episode, everyone, thank you for being here. Stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith, Cliff Dorfman, I love you, everybody. Crikey. No, that's not even British. Uh, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Good day, mates.